Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Payne Show. Today's guest, y'all, I have known her for a long time, and I was thinking back, I think she may be one of the very first authors I ever met. And not only that, she's one of the most prolific authors I have ever met, and I have loved her books so much for years. But also, years ago, she and I, I remember we were at a conference that we were speaking, and we were talking about adoption and foster care, and this was years before that was even on my radar. And I remember profoundly those conversations and how it was like the little seeds planted mm. that I never knew that God was going to use to blossom into where He has had us and the journeys that He's had us on. And I feel like, Trisha Goyer, you are someone that God has used just your faithfulness and just walking out God's call in your life for years when I had no idea how God was using it. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. We are going to be talking about one of your books, Before You Meet Your Future Husband, 30 Questions to Ask Yourself and 30 Heartfelt Prayers. Now, you might be thinking, I've already met my husband. I don't need this. But don't turn it off right now because we're also going to be talking about what it looks like to walk with teenagers, to walk with young adults through this. And so you probably have someone in your life, whether it's your child, whether it's someone at your church, whether it's someone who is an, a relative that could use you walking with them and pouring into them and just giving them some love and wisdom. Cause this is a, this is a hard thing, you know, just being in that season of waiting and maybe longing or wondering and all the unknowns and everything. So before we get into that though, Trisha, I'd love for you to just take a minute and introduce yourself to my audience. Absolutely. I am Trisha Goyer. I'm married to John for 33 years now. So it's awesome. And that story totally ties into this because I was a pregnant teenager and I started praying for my future husband. My boyfriend was gone and God brought me John. So mm. Thankful for him. And then we have 10 kids. So we have three biological that are, two are in their 30s, one's 29. And then we have seven more adopted kids between the ages of 23 and 12. So I have grandkids. And I, have, I still have a 12-year-old. So we are, are homeschooling the youngest three now because one's graduating next week. Um, and then I write books. I travel and speak at conferences. I love traveling with my family. Like anytime we do a speaking event. I'm like, can I bring my family? Can we make a trip out of it? So I love doing that. And I, I just love sharing and inspiring other people, like mm. encouraging them, letting them know they could follow their dreams and um, letting them know there's good plans for them. And your family, the ones that are at home right now, do I understand that they, they are with you on this trip? You're on your way to Pigeon Forge. Yes. And you are going to be speaking at the Teach and Diligently conference. Mm -hmm. And so they just dropped you off. They dropped with, me off. With They're the going to go gas With and... all the books and yep. all the things. And so I love that. Okay. So you have adopted seven. Mm -hmm. I, I'd love to hear a little bit about 
your journey there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you adopted all seven at once, no. but you did, your family did expand very rapidly in some, at some point along the way. Is that correct? Yes. So initially we thought about adopting from China. Mm-hmm. We did all the paperwork for that because there were so many baby girls that they were looking for homes for. We're mm-hmm. like, let's do this. And then right when that became open, um, China closed. So they mm-hmm. stopped adopting of the the healthy baby girls. And we were like, I was so crushed because we've been praying for years mm-hmm. about adoption. And we did the paperwork and spent all this money. And I just remember when we get that email from the adoption agency and they said, we don't know if it's going to be five years or never. This mm-hmm. is maybe never going to happen. And I remember getting in my bed on my comforter, like pulling it over my head and like crying. Like I got, I've been wanting to do this. This has been, like you say, to care for the orphans and the widows. I don't understand why this isn't happening. Um, But finally, like after an hour of just like feeling sad and all, you know, all those expectations of what you're going to have. And we had a name picked out, like all these things. um, It really was finally like, God, you know, the child, you have a plan. Like, I just have to trust you. Um, We had three kids, uh, two were in college at the time and one was in high school. So we had older kids. And I don't know what this is going to look like. Well, then that very day, I'm driving my grandma to Walmart and I get this call on my cell phone from a lady I knew from Mops. I didn't even know her very well. And she said, I heard you at this Mops talk talking about your open for adoption. She says, I have a someone I know who's seven months pregnant who she thought she had an adoption plan and that fell through. Would you be interested in meeting her? It was like God was just like waiting for me to relinquish like whatever you have planned. Mm. And so we met the birth mom. We adopted Alyssa. So we, I was there when she was born. We brought her home um, when she was three days old. And then we moved from uh, Montana to Arkansas. So talk about life change. So two of the kids stayed there. And then one came with us, a high schooler, and then a newborn baby. It was like <laughs> complete life change. And we thought, okay, good. We adopted. And then she was so spoiled. And we're like, we probably need other siblings. <laughs> just all these adults just tending to her all the time. And so we, um, in Arkansas, there's something called the Heart Gallery where they have photos of the kids that are open for adoption from foster care. And I didn't realize that there was kids that were already open for adoption. I thought you had to do, you know, work with the parents. But these are the kids that their parents' rights has already been relinquished. And I remember it was that conference we were at together I read Kisses for Katie on the way there and just felt like adoption from foster care. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so heavy. And I remember getting there and talking to everyone there. Can you pray with me? I don't know what my husband's going to say about this. And that night, that first night, we went back to the hotel room. And I called my husband. And the very first thing out of his mouth, he said, have you ever thought about adopting kids from foster care? Wow. And I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> and he had gone to lunch with someone they'd been trying to get together for months. And this guy had adopted. And he said, you know, it doesn't cost anything to adopt from foster care. There's kids already available. And so we went home at home. We did the paperwork. And by the next January, we got a call about a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Mm. So then we adopted them. And I thought, okay, we're done. Like, we had three little kids. And so. And how old was Alyssa? Alyssa was like two and a half at that time. Okay. Yeah, so Alyssa was two and a half. And then we got Casey and Bella. And he was two and she was five at the time. And they were trauma all I mean Mm. all the trauma things I wrote a book called calming angry kids that Mm. came a lot of what I got out of working with them um and then I thought we're done we're done then I went to Africa with Awana and just saw all again the orphans and the needs and 
went home and I felt, God, like, I don't feel, I thought I was done with adoption, but what do you have for me? And instead of, yes, try to pursue it in Africa, it was, what about teen girls in your community? Mm. It was so clear. And I remember this worship service just bawling because I knew that there's, there was girls in our community. So the next day I emailed, well, first of all, I went to the car and I said, John, I really think we're supposed to adopt teen girls in like a sibling group. He's like, I got the same thing. Like it was, it was such, oh. which is so good because it's so hard. Mm-hmm. It is so hard. Like God just confirmed it both times with both of us. And so I, I emailed uh, the coordinator that does the, the heart galleries. And she's like, I just got a photo of a sibling group of four girls. They were, they were between the ages of nine and 13 at the time of the photo. And we're like, okay, I think this is supposed to be, it was like, so, and I read their names are Hispanic names. I'm like, my grandma's Hispanic. Like, I'm like, this is going to, this is God's plan. And so we adopted them in 2016 is when it was finalized. Mm-hmm. So we went from having three kids, almost all the way grown to suddenly we had seven kids from the ages of, by this time, the little kids were like four and the oldest one was, the we adopted was 15. Um, busy, messy. <laughs> crazy, lots of anger, lots of trauma. I was trying to homeschool them all. It was just, it was really hard, but also it was like, we knew that was what God was asking us to do. Mm. And I think sometimes we think that God is going to call us to these things that then it's going to be easy. Like Mm -hmm. if he calls you to it, it's going to be easy. But no, if you, if he calls you to it, he's going to give you the grace to walk through it. That doesn't mean that it's going to be There was times like I was in the fetal position on the floor, like Mm. so overwhelmed. And the trauma, a lot of the trauma from the older girls was directed at me. It was Mm. yelling and really mean words. I mean, just all the stuff. And it it was in our own home. So it wasn't even like I could escape from it, except Mm. my bedroom was a locked door. And I just remember God, God, you knew this was going to happen. And you still led us to this. And I was like, probably for six months, almost kind of like mad, like, I love you, but I'm not going to talk to you right now. Like, this is way too much. I need you, but mm. so really it, and it came down to, do you trust me? Like, do you trust me? And so, yeah, but yeah, it's really hard. I love that you were willing to adopt from foster care. A lot of people don't know that there are mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of children mm-hmm. whose parents' rights have already been relinquished because of different reasons. Some of it is that their parents have passed away. Mm -hmm. And so they are just waiting for a forever home. And I am just really passionate about helping families recognize that there's this huge network out there of all of these children who are waiting for homes. And so thank you for doing that, even though you knew that you were stepping into something that was going to be messy and very difficult so you've raised a lot of teenagers. <laughs> a lot of teenagers, yes. And so this book, Before You Meet Your Future Husband, I feel like is not only based upon what you, and it's with Robin Jones Gunn as well. I didn't say that at the beginning. And both of you share your stories at the beginning mm-hmm. of your own personal journey, but also then raising your own children and what you've learned from that. What was your heart really behind this book? Our heart is like this gentle conversation. We're just going to bring up these topics. Like even before you start looking for that guy, who are you? Mm. How, you know, I remember working with teen moms in inner city Little Rock. And I'm like, let's talk about marriage. Like, I don't ever want to get married. And the, the people they've seen, the marriages they've seen have not been good. I'm like, okay, what if there was a guy 
who was loving and caring and you know, loved God and was faithful, would you be interested in that type of guy? And they're like, yeah. And then I said, who do you need to be to attract that kind of guy? Like, mm. where do you need to go? <laughs> what do you need to do? And so really it turned, that conversation turned them thinking of, okay, I need to change. Like maybe if I want something different, I need to become something different. And so this is really that book before you start looking for the guy, before you start um, thinking about marriage, like who are you? So it goes through the the heart, the head, and the hands, which is your actions. What is your heart like? Are you prepared to be committed? Are you prepared to be at peace with who you are? A lot of young women, they are struggling with who they are. They're struggling with um, their their future. They don't know what their plans are. They don't know um, they don't have good friendships. And so then they're looking for a guy to kind of fill these places, but you need to be settled and content with who you are before you start looking for someone else. And then your mind, are you, um, putting the good things into your mind? Are you filling it with junk that doesn't need to be there? Are you, um, you know, praying and thinking about God and planning for your future? Are you using the tools God gave you already to serve other people, to care for other people and know what you enjoy? Cause if you know, I love this, I want to do this with my future, I'm going to be part of this. If you know that already, then another person can come alongside you and you have dreams together instead of suddenly like, I don't know, I'm just going to sit here and wait till the guy comes and then I'll just do what he wants to do. It's like, no, you have so much inside of you. So it's really just encouraging young women. Um, and it's through these 30 devotions. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about your heart. Let's talk about your friendships. Let's talk about your thought life. Is there things that aren't good in your thought life? Is there um, things that you should be just doing, just enjoying life and, and getting out and exploring the world and doing all these things. So it's little conversations. And then it has a question for them to, to ponder. And then it has a prayer for them. It's just like a starter prayer. So what age would you say, you know, you're, you're saying this is before you even think mm -hmm. about marriage. So what age do you think that parents should really start walking with their kids and having these conversations about. Yeah, I would say, I mean, this book definitely like 12 or 13 would not be too early because it's nothing graphic or too mm -hmm. much. It's just like, what about your heart? And what would you like to do with your future? So it's very, again, gentle and like a friend coming along, an older auntie. We could be your older aunties to encourage. But I think a lot of parents aren't sure how to bring these topics up. Mm -hmm. I have girls and they're like, I'm like, let's talk about this. And they the eye rolls and I don't want to talk about that. And I found just having a resource like this where we can read it together and talk about it. Two of my girls, I took them out um, for the weekend in the fall. And so we would just talk about the same types of think conversations. And at first they like, oh, mom, like, why do we have to talk about this? But after a while, then they get into it more. And I, I would say often it gets easy to be discouraged. Like our kids don't want to listen to us. They think we're old-fashioned, but really, they do want to listen to you. They do appreciate your taking the time and just, you know, maybe put it around, let's go to coffee and we can read through this book. You know, mm -hmm. so they're like, hey, I get to go Starbucks and get a coffee. Or I did a weekend trip with my girls and we just talked about those things by, on the way home, they're, that's where the conversations really started happening. So they want to know that you are there to connect with them, to spend time with them, not just these are some rules I want you to follow. <laughs> why, why, and that's why this book is a great thing to do with a mom and a daughter or with a group of your daughter's friends. You can mm -hmm. read it together. And it just gets the conversations going because they really want to connect with you. They want to hear 
from you as a parent or as a Sunday school teacher or as an older sister or friend, they want that relationship and they're not going to be interested if you're like, Here, here's a book. I hope you read it. Enjoy it. But if you invest that time with them, that's really where all the, I want to say magic happens, but all that connection, all that understanding where they, they dig deeper into these topics. Mm. Building that foundation of mm-hmm. relationship where they know that you have their best interest at right. heart and you're not just like, here's the rules and you better follow them. Mm-hmm. But it's more, here's the foundation of trust that you want to build. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. If you've heard me talk at all over the last few years, you know that I went through a season where I had very severe seasonal allergies and it took me a while to figure out what was triggering it and it was debilitating. If you've ever suffered from this, I actually had my polyps got really swollen in my nose and then I got chronic rhinitis so I could not smell out of my nose. And not only that, but I would have these really awful headaches, the kind that just kept me from being able to enjoy my life. And I started going to an ENT, and one of the things that he recommended was Claritin D. And so for a time period, I took Claritin, and it was such a help to me. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. It works so well. I am a living testament to how well it works. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. So if you've ever suffered from seasonal allergies, if you can relate to kind of some of the things that I have experienced and you want some relief... I highly recommend checking out Claritin D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? 
I can't even remember and styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amoir a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amoir.style forward slash crystal. That is amoir.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoir today. This episode is sponsored by Byheart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. I have a feeling that there are some people listening who they're like, that sounds really great, but you have not met my daughter. (laughs) She doesn't want to, you know, I try to have conversations with her and it feels like it's a brick wall and she's 16 and I think she's probably not making the best choices. And I just, I don't know what to do because I feel stuck, but I feel like she won't listen to anything that I want to talk to her about. Yeah. We... We have had those girls. We have one girl, we have still one of our one of our older daughters. It's like, um, well, first of all, we pray for them, pray for them that their hearts be softened, but also whatever opportunities. So we'll do my husband will do like family devotions after dinner and it's like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Like we're not gonna sit here and hound you with all the things, but let's just read a scripture and talk about a thing 
for three to four minutes. And we don't think those things are really getting through. But um, I know one of our girls that she'll sit there with it, but she's not going to really engage. Later, I heard her talking to a friend about the very thing I was talking to her about. And so even though it doesn't seem like they're interested or they are like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I have to sit there and do this. They are listening. It will come back years later. And this, I learned this working with teen moms first because I still had little kids and I was doing devotions and we had a teen mom support group and um, I would like these girls. It's like I'm talking and they're not even listening. They were like talking with each other. Years later, they would say, remember when you said this? And I'm like, you were listening and I had no idea. So it makes me realize with my own kids that they are listening. And anytime we take, they are paying attention, even though they're acting like we're the dumbest people ever sometimes. Um, but then there are some that maybe just a text message. And anytime we, we praise them for something, we thank them for something, we said, you good job on this. Thank you for cleaning the kitchen. I really appreciated that you stopped by the store for me today. I mean, anytime we're just thanking them and encouraging them. And then, you know, I was praying this for you today in just a little text, like just those little, little things that show we want to connect with them. Um, and I think so many times we focus so much on their wrong actions that we're just going to grill them about them. We're going to point them out over and over again. All our kids, every single one of my kids has made a mistake, has done something wrong. But if we can focus on what are the good things they're doing? How can we connect with them? Like, how can we encourage them today? Even if they're maybe not making a choice that we would like, we're still going to love them and respect them. And then when they start thinking about making changes, we will still have that connection with them. Um, I have one daughter. I'm pretty sure I'm probably blocked on her phone. <laughs> She's with her biological mom right now. But I still text her. I'm like, hey, thinking of you. Um, praying for you today. Message her on you know, social media. If she sees that, I don't know, but I know. And then she, and she has come back around. She'll come back around for seasons. It'll be good. And then get pulled away. So we're just going to be there. We're just going to love them. We're just going to support them. And by not just focusing on the negative, we're still keeping that relationship open. I think it's so easy to just be our kid's Holy Spirit. You mm -hmm. know, like all we see are the things we need to point out that they're yeah. doing wrong. And I think in my own life, if someone in my life is just pointing out what I'm doing wrong, do I want to spend time <laughs> no, with them? No. no. Do I want to hang out with them? Do I want to share what I'm feeling? No, because they're probably just going to criticize it. And so it's really challenged me to think of how do I connect first instead of just constantly be correcting? And what does it look like to step into mm -hmm. their world and care about what they care about? You know, you were talking about food for some kids, you know, taking them out to Starbucks. That's something that is like the way to their heart. I feel like, especially for boys, <laughs> but girls too. But maybe, you know, I have one daughter who getting her nails done, mm -hmm. like for her, that just means so much. And she loves that. And she will just open up when we're sitting there getting our nails done. And so, Finding the thing that your child loves, maybe it's shopping, maybe it's playing video games, you know, whatever it is that you're stepping into their world and saying, I care about what you care about. And you're not doing it with this agenda of, I want to make sure that we talk about all these things, but I just want to make sure that we're together. And I feel like that's where so many open doors happen. If you're just spending time in their world. And yeah, if there is like times where they're rude or, I mean, before I'd just be like, I can't believe she talked to me that way and you're not going to get electronics. It would just like jump straight to consequences. Mm. And 
what I realized, like, especially 12 to 15, 12, especially 12, 13, 14, the hormones are just like crazy. And so now I'm like, I think she's having a hormonal day. I'm just going to give her some grace. I'm just not going to follow her and give her consequences, even that was a really rude comment. Um, I remember what it's like when you have hormones racing through your body and everything is just horrible. And so then the next day I'm like, you know, that wasn't probably the best thing. And she's like, I know, I'm sorry. And it could, it could have been this huge blow up if I would have followed her and tried to correct her there. And she's already hormonal. <laughs> and it was, it would have been horrible. But like, yeah, let's, let's try not to talk like that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, one day, one of my daughters, I realized she's a, she's a quality time person. And there's always a lot going on. And I can tell she's just really retreating and being snippy. And instead of, again, consequences, I'm like, hey, tomorrow, before we go to your horseback riding lesson, why don't we leave early? We'll go to Starbucks. You can bring your homework. I could just help there. You don't have all the other kids around. And she got so excited. And her attitude completely changed. And I realized, like, again, if it's just me going through my life and then all of a sudden correcting or get to do this or what about this? It's like I'm not looking and seeing, okay, maybe it's hormones. Maybe her and her friend got in a fight and she's feeling bad about that. Maybe one of the siblings said something wrong. Like trying to dig in more and figure out what's going on and giving our kids grace instead of immediately jumping in with consequences and um because that doesn't help anything just then we're upset and they're upset and then it becomes even bigger issue mm-hmm. and you know all behavior is communication mm-hmm. and so the more that i focus on okay what are they trying to communicate they don't know that they're trying to communicate right. but it might be that they're trying to communicate i just need some attention mm-hmm. like i i'm feeling lonely i'm feeling sad i'm really angry about something and so recognizing that and instead of just squashing the behavior digging into like you said you know where's this coming from what is this about and it just really helps me to walk with my kids so much better and deepen that relationship because it's about their hearts not so much about their outward actions right I was thinking about there are probably people listening who they are not married, they're single, and they would love to be married. Mm -hmm. And this kind of book, they're thinking, is this for me or is it just for young girls? Yeah, that's a good question. So when we wrote um, Praying for Your Future Husband, which came before this book, um, Rob and I were thinking, because this is a book for teenagers and those in their 20s, like this is who our target market is. We thought we nailed it. We get letters from women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And like, I got so much out of this book. We're like, wow, I didn't expect that. I remember probably within a couple months of praying for your future husband coming out, I got a letter from a lady. She was in her early 40s. And she's like, this has helped me. I have my prayer journal. I'm praying differently than I did before. I'm, I think I'm looking differently at the types of guys. So this talks about what do you look for? And then how do you change yourself? It kind of, mm-hmm. Again, keeps going back to yourself. And then within like six months, she goes, I'm dating someone. And then like a year, maybe a year and a half after the book, we got a wedding invitation to her wedding. She got married. She was like 43 or 44. And one of my best friends who her story is in praying for your future husband, she just got married for the first time at 48. Mm. And so I prayed like with her a lot about this. We've talked about it. We prayed about it. And she's like, I don't know. I don't understand. And now she's like, I am so thankful. She married a, a man who has four daughters. And he's raised them by himself for the last 10 years. And he didn't even want to date till the youngest one graduated high school. And she's like, I'm so thankful I wasn't like out there just running after all the guys. And because God, he was, he was taking care of his four daughters during that time. And she was faithfully praying for him, which we know now is 
lifting him up and making him strong and allowing him to, to care for those girls. And now they're married. And so this book, while I think initially we thought it'd be teens and twenties, we get a lot of letters from a lot of people because it is, it's all going back to God's word and let's look at your heart and what are your thoughts and uh, what, it, what are your plans for the future? What dreams do you have? Let's, let's start pursuing those types of things. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you alluded to in the beginning of this episode that you were pregnant as mm-hmm. a teenager and met your husband through that. Um, as you look back on that, how has it shaped you and changed the way that you have approached your daughters and just the way that you've raised them? Mm. What I realized is that I was definitely, even though I was going to church, I was going through the motions. I was also sleep with my boyfriend. So it, it makes me realize like um, people, like it's never too late to turn back to God. Like even if see, see our kids making mistakes and doing things we don't think they should be doing, um, maybe we find out they're hiding something. There's part of their lives that, that is not aligned with God, that God can still just do amazing things. And we have to let him work. Mm-hmm. Like we can't, you know, and it was really cool because when I was pregnant, um, again, my boyfriend dumped me. I was, I dropped out of high school because I was so embarrassed to go to school. I finished my credits at home. But my mom and my grandma's friends, they invited me to Bible study. They gave me a baby shower. Um, they would come over to pray with me, which at the beginning, I'm like, you can pray, but I'm like, going to pretend I'm asleep and turn my back on you because I was so shut off and hurt. And they just poured love into me. So they didn't come to me with lectures. They didn't, um, like we told you so, you should be doing this. They just loved me. And because they loved me, I I said, well, maybe God still loves me too. Mm -hmm. And I started praying for my future husband and praying that God would do things with my life. And he did. And it makes me see that, you know, everyone just wants love and affection. And they often have holes in their hearts, which is why they're pursuing these other things. And so with my own kids, if I see like, why are they making these choices? What are they seeking? How can I help them, support them, encourage them in the right direction? But even if they make mistakes, God can still use them. And one of our daughters, the 23-year-old, she got pregnant at college. Um, and she hid it from us for like six and a half months. Wow. And she moved back home. She's like, I don't want to go to college. We're like, that's fine. Come home. And she was living with us. And John and I were like, is she pregnant? She's looking at her stomach's a little, looking a little poochy there. She finally told us. And I'm like, why didn't you? I'm like, I mentor teen mothers. Like, I was a teen mom. Um, and she's like, I just don't want to see the disappointment mm. in your eyes. So here's someone. I'm. She would be there with the teen mom support meetings with me. She saw me ministering to teen moms, and she still felt ashamed and embarrassed. I think a lot of our kids, they don't feel like they could approach us because they don't want to see our disappointment in our eyes. And and we have a good relationship. Her little boy is Hudson is the cutest ever. We just love him so much. So our kids don't want to disappoint us, but let them know, like, you know, we'll still love you. We'll support you. Like everyone makes mistakes. I made mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, but we're still going to be here um, for you. And they, they just need to know that. Mm. So powerful. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much for writing this book. Um, I, as we close, how many books have you written? <laughs> it's 80 something. I think it's like, oh, oh my, my god, I don't know. It's, I'm like, wow. Lots of, maybe 88. I don't know. Something like that. That 
is incredible. And I think for me, oftentimes I think of you as if I'm in the middle of a writing project, I remember asking you like, how are you writing when you have all these people (laughs) in your home? And you've just been so faithful to show up, Mm -hmm. to keep showing up. And you had a thousand and one excuses for why it's not a good time. You don't have time. And yet you are such an example of just giving God the time that you have and using it to impact so many lives, but 80 books. Like, so anyone listening (laughs) who you feel like, I don't have time to do this thing that I really feel like God is calling me to do. Well, look at Trisha and see how God is using her in the midst of 10 children. And I think what I saw is it benefited my kids because mm. like I have kids in the car, like we're going to be at this convention. They, my little girls who are uh, 13 and 15, they love to sell at my booth. So they interact with people. They talk to people. They know how to set up the booth. They know how to organize stuff. They do this point of sale system. They they meet friends. We have people, we've gone on research trips. Like they get to experience so many cool things because of what I do. So before I'm like, I'm a horrible mom. I'm sitting away while they're going to the park for the day. I'm working on this book. But I've seen like, no, they get to go on these trips. They get to have life skills and experience things and meet people that they never would have. So I don't feel guilty. I feel like if God called me to this, then he had a plan for them too. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for writing this 80th book or whatever (laughs) before you meet your future husband. And I just know that it's going to impact and bless so many people. So again, the title is Before You Meet Your Future Husband, 30 Questions to Ask Yourself and 30 Heartfelt Prayers. It's by Robin Jones Gunn and Trisha Goyer. And they also have a book that came before this Mm -hmm. one, right? That is called Praying for Your Future Husband. So I think these would be such a gift that you could give to any young person in your life who is um, really, you know, young woman who she just needs some encouragement or another mom who is struggling with her daughter and she mm-hmm. could use some direction. Um, or if you are someone who you aren't married and you would love to be married and you need some encouragement to really process through and pray and work on yourself and deepen your relationship with the Lord. Before you meet your future husband, 30 questions to ask yourself and 30 heartfelt prayers. And we will link to that in the show notes. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.